Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Do you really want to be judged according to your works? Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry, and with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. President Dallin H. Oaks, he's a member of the First Presidency. In fact, he's first counselor in the First Presidency of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He gave a message titled Divine Love in the Father's Plan on Sunday afternoon, April 3rd, 2022. One thing that I found striking in this particular general conference in April of 2022 was a lot of talk about the love of the Father, God's love for his children, quote-unquote. Well, Dallin Oaks in this talk is going to try and show, as I mentioned yesterday, the superiority of LDS teaching when it comes to the hereafter. And he talks about this common misunderstanding of the judgment that ultimately follows mortal life in that good people go to a place called heaven and bad people go to an everlasting place called hell. There are some people who do believe that, certainly, but that is not a Christian teaching. The only people that are going to be in heaven are certainly not good people. The only people that are going to be in heaven are forgiven people. If you are not forgiven, you are not going to be in heaven. The Bible does seem to make that very clear in the New Testament. But Oaks is going to go on to talk about his loving Heavenly Father. And of course, in Mormonism, they believe their God is not the God of Christianity because their God became God at a particular point in time. Our God was always God. They have made a distinction between the God of Mormonism and the God that Christians have historically believed in. And he uses this expression to support his positions by saying modern revelation teaches, or we know modern revelation says this or that. And this is how we begin in today's show, where on page 101 of the May 2022 Leahona magazine, Dallin Oaks says, Thus, as we know from modern revelation, all shall be judged, and every man shall receive according to his own works his own dominion in the mansions which are prepared." Now, Eric, he's quoting from the Doctrine and Covenants, section 76, verse 111. But he has just finished saying that in the final judgment, each of us will be judged according to our deeds. Here, he says that we will receive according to our works a particular dominion or mansion which is prepared. And he's already said in this talk that he believes that when Jesus spoke of in my father's house are many mansions, Oak said this is referring to different degrees or kingdoms of glory. Now, the New Testament never says that, and he admits this comes from modern revelation. In other words, you're not going to really find this teaching in the Bible at all. But let me ask you, Eric, do you want to be judged according to your works? 
That would be a very difficult thing because I have no good works. And that's the point. We've all sinned. We've come short of the glory of God. And I would argue that if you're a Latter-day Saint doing your works in order to get something from God, then all of your works are tainted by your selfishness. We aren't capable of doing a 100% good work. All of our works are tainted by our fallenness. So if you're going to judge your works according to what you see your neighbor doing, well, maybe you think you might make some points. But certainly when we're dealing with an all-holy God who knows the intents of our hearts, or as Dallin Oak says, the desires of our hearts, we are going to come up lacking. I don't want to be judged according to my works. I want to be judged according to Christ's works that are imputed to me by my faith in what he did for me. Those are the works that I want. I certainly don't want my works being judged in such a capacity. But then he goes on to say, the Lord has chosen to reveal comparatively little about two of these kingdoms of glory. And we should explain that in Mormonism, yes, there is a celestial kingdom, a terrestrial kingdom, and a telestial kingdom. What you do in this life will determine where you end up in the next. But in the celestial kingdom, there's actually three levels. And I think Oakes is quite correct here when he says there's very little about these two kingdoms, these other two kingdoms. It's the top level of the celestial kingdom that most Latter-day Saints are really hoping to achieve. It's called the Church of the Firstborn. That's the way it's been described. But the other two levels, we don't really know anything about them. I can't recall reading much of anything at all on these other two. And I think Dallin Oaks is absolutely correct that there is comparatively little about these And it's all based on uh, which law that you are actually abiding. And he quotes on page 102 from Doctrine and Covenants section 88, abiding the law of a celestial kingdom or abiding the law of a terrestrial kingdom or abiding the law of a telestial kingdom. And this is what he says after that. In other words, the kingdom of glory we receive in the final judgment is determined by the laws we choose to abide by in our Heavenly Father's loving plan. Under that plan, there are multiple kingdoms so that all of his children can be assigned to a kingdom where they can abide. And again, he gets this out of Doctrine and Covenants section 88, which is not accepted by evangelical Christians. You certainly don't see anything like this found in the Bible. And what's difficult for us to comprehend, though, is that Mormon Apostle Bruce McConkie made it very clear that if a Latter-day Saint does not qualify for the top level of the celestial kingdom, that anything lower than that top level is damnation. I guess we could assume by that statement alone that most Latter-day Saints have damnation to look forward to if they don't qualify for that top level. And as it says here, if you hope to get into the celestial kingdom, you have to keep a celestial law. That's how it's understood. Each kingdom has its own set of laws. It doesn't matter whether you know whether or not you're doing it. You're following some sort of law right now. Latter-day Saints would probably say that we, as evangelical Christians, are following a terrestrial law. We believe in God. We want to be good people. But we're not good enough to get into the celestial. We're not bad enough to go into the telestial. So we're probably keeping a terrestrial law. 
So come judgment day, God is going to look at what we've accomplished and what we've believed, and based on that, he will put us in the category of the terrestrial kingdom. Ironically, I've had a lot of Latter-day Saints say that they'll probably go to the terrestrial kingdom too, and usually when I do have a Mormon tell me that, I'll say, well, then that doesn't really sell me on your church. If I'm going to go to the same place as you, why should I become a Mormon? It wouldn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. But if you're keeping the law of a terrestrial kingdom, then you're going to go to the terrestrial kingdom. If you're keeping a celestial law during this lifetime, you will go to the telestial kingdom. That's how it works. But there's nowhere in the Bible that talks about these three degrees of glory. What's interesting is that Dallin Oaks has a footnote to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 40. And we should probably read what 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 40 has to say. Here's what it says. There are also celestial bodies and terrestrial bodies, but the glory of the celestial is one, and the glory of the terrestrial is another. Verse 41 says, There is one glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars, for one star differs from another star in glory. Now, my question is, in reading what Paul has for us in 1 Corinthians 15, 40 and 41, how do you take those expressions, celestial bodies and terrestrial bodies, and somehow leap to the conclusion that this is talking about destinations for human beings based on what kind of law they lived during their mortal probation. It seems to me what Paul is merely saying is there's celestial bodies, there's heavenly bodies, there's stars, there's planets, and there's also terrestrial bodies like an earth, like our earth is a terrestrial body. That's merely what he's referring to. He's not talking about different degrees of glory. But you know what? That doesn't stop Joseph Smith. Because Joseph Smith, in his Joseph Smith translation, listen to what he does here in verse 40. He says, Also celestial bodies and bodies terrestrial and bodies telestial. But the glory of the celestial one and the terrestrial another, and the telestial another. When you get to translate the Bible, you can do whatever you want if you don't have the manuscripts in front of you to be able to determine if what you are putting down on paper is actually what it ever would have said. And we do not find any ancient Greek manuscript that has this word telestial in it. One thing I noticed that when I, I, I bought a brand new word program, okay, a word processing program, and I typed in telestial, this was years ago, I typed in telestial and I got a squiggly red line under it. Why? Because the program didn't recognize that as a real word. It's a made-up word. And that's exactly what Joseph Smith did. He takes terrestrial and celestial, combines the two, magically comes up with this word telestial. Certainly, the Book of Mormon must have something to say about the telestial kingdom and the three kingdoms of glory. It says absolutely nothing about that. That's the whole point of this. Dallin Oaks, again, is trying to show the superiority of his belief in a loving Heavenly Father. But yet a lot of the verses that he gives in his footnotes from the Doctrine and Covenants and such 
really doesn't paint what I think is a more rosier picture of an unrepentant person's hereafter. And yet he says in this talk, he says, when it comes to these kingdoms of glory, he says, in other words, the kingdom of glory we receive in the final judgment is determined by the laws we choose to abide by in our Heavenly Father's loving plan. Under that plan, there are multiple kingdoms so that all of his children can be assigned to a glory where they can abide. But yet the Doctrine and Covenants talks about suffering. If you're unrepentant, you will suffer even as Christ suffered. It talks about eternal punishment, eternal damnation. In other words, it describes it in very similar terms as the Bible describes judgment in the next life. I don't see how that makes our God any less loving than what Dallin Oaks is trying to teach us. But Eric, if what Dallin Oaks is saying isn't true, what does that say for all the people that have put their trust in those kind of teachings that somehow the hereafter will be better for them if they place their trust in the God of Joseph Smith or in the God of Dallin Oaks? If it's not true... It all falls back on what? I would think it would fall back on what the Bible has to say about eternal judgment, and that is certainly not something you want to face if you do not have Christ as your Savior. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism.